This is Stu Strauss, the Woodsman, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. It is now 12.19 on December 19th. No surprise about that synchronicity. Wow. 12.19 p.m. on December 19th. I'm on my way again to the DMV. Those of you who heard uh, yesterday's episode know that I didn't carry enough documentation. I didn't bring my social security card. So let that be a lesson to all of us. When you go to the DMV, they want you to bring your passport. They want you to bring your social security card. They want you to bring a bill showing that you have paid money to, to uh, you know, electricity companies, something like that. And uh, who knows what else. I looked online yesterday when I got home to see just in case I didn't have my social security card, I thought to myself, just in case I don't have it, what do I need to get a new social security card? Well, you need your, uh, I think your driver's license and a postcard. See, this is the thing is that my, my uh, driver's license is expired. A lot of things happened during my birthday and now where I just did not have this kind of time hello I just didn't have this kind of time to I love the smell of fresh cut grass I don't know about you I just didn't have the time to get up there so makes me wonder what happens if you go to the social security office and you're driver's license is expired, what happens then? What happens then? If any of you happen to know what the order of importance is in terms of, let's say, for instance, you lose your wallet, and your wallet has, let's say if a, if a wallet, I'm not going to say it's yours, let's say if a wallet has all of that identification, I guess I could easily just look online right now. However, it's much more fun just to just to see what the general populace might know about this answer. Or even my future self, for that matter, who's possibly listening back to this. What's the first thing you get? How do you how do you prove that you are the name that's on your birth certificate. How do you do that? How does that happen? What if, you, what if, let's say if a person from a foreign country is out in America, traveling in America, and they lose everything? What, uh, 
What do they do to get back to their country? How do they make money while they're here? It's an interesting challenge, right? Interesting to think about. So, I'll be giving little, little giblets up-to-date things going on between here and there. Heck, who knows, we might even sit next to someone interesting. Everybody's interesting, aren't they? They have interests. That's what makes them interesting. As you can hear on uh, previous episodes, podcasts, I, I'll interview these Uber drivers and um, the phrase here's the phrase it feels like pulling teeth um, that that phrase can definitely be applied to some of these getting answers out of these people um, you know just really getting to the root of what makes them move along what sets the fire what is that catalyst what really excites the hell out of them I mean who knows maybe there are Uber drivers who are just absolutely gaga over driving their cars and that's that's their lot in life that's what they want that's like the the um, the apex of their uh, of their passions in which case you know that nobody can blame them for that. Everyone's got their thang. My buddy, um, my buddy Greg DiCaprio, I remember he said one time, it's so funny, he's like, everybody's got their thang. Well, yeah, everybody does. They got their, their thang. Some people, uh, are big into lifting weights and going to bodybuilding competitions. Other people are really big into crocheting and making mittens and hats. Other people are huge on doing uh, sidewalk chalk. There are so many things that are um, particular interests of people. There are these little, these specific things. So, Maybe just driving the Uber is is fine. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. And when they lie on their deathbeds, they go, you know what? I was the best Uber driver that I could be. And uh, forget about all those other dreams when I was a kid. Forget about that dream of being an astronaut. Forget about that dream of uh, uh, climbing um, Mount Everest. Forget about that dream about putting out an album of music. You know, maybe they're they're very very excited about that. And that's fine. I find it interesting is that when folks are not used to being asked about such about such things um You know, a lot of you know, a lot of times we're walking through the world, and a majority of the times, people are um, just asking, you know, telling their thing, saying this specific thing. 
you know, you do this, you do that. This is what you got to do. That's what you got to do. And it's it's uh, quite a rarity to then hear. It's a it's a rarity to hear someone asking the questions. Find you know, digging deep into the uh, digging deep into. What, what they really absolutely love doing. And I used to people asking them that. So first of all, I can imagine that there's this shock that comes over them when, when first presented with that question. What do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What are your talents? What are your passions? What are your dreams? What are your excitements? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The things that really make you go, ah, you know? The things where... Uh, the things where, you know, the genie pops out of the bottle and says, what's your wish? And then the big joke of the whole thing, the big, the big, the big cosmic joke of the whole thing is that the genie is us. I've been telling the students when I substitute teach, when I would substitute teach, I tell this to the students, the genie is us. Right, I just walked past a guy. I always speak gibberish when I'm near him or I start speaking French. Uh, I see him out on the streets all the time. He's got designer jeans on, asking people for money. Uh, yet those jeans might have cost something, right? Did he buy those jeans from begging? So I, I just pretend I don't understand a word he's saying. So the idea is that when you break down the word genius, genie, us, we are the genie. The genie is us. We've heard so much about the idea of manifestation of reality that we are responsible for our very own particular paradigms. You've got your own reality experience right now. You've got your own paradigm. I've got my own reality experience. I've got my own paradigm. And each of ours is just as valid as the others. And what's really uh, uh, important is that moment-to-moment interaction, how we're feeling in those moments, how we're treating ourselves, whether we enjoy hanging out with ourselves. I'm about to go down to the uh, subway here. We'll talk more later. Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, 
babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. On the uh, subway right now, there's a young woman Here. I'm thinking she might be on uh, meth or even, you know, who knows what. Crack of some sort. Speaking, it sounds like Spanish. Prancing up and down. Prancing up and down the aisles. Everyone's watching her suspiciously. Uh, there's like an older guy standing up earlier against the... There's an old guy kind of standing up against the wall and she just walked up to him and put her arm around him and you could see him he like frowned and shook his head. It's really interesting. You know, we're talking about reality experiences and personal reality paradigms. It's interesting to see what happens when you dive deep into your own um, you dive deep into your own particular experience and the way it can it can um, affect the populace like it's so funny because everyone on this side of the train is like well, People are now starting to exit the train. Um, people on the train are watching her suspiciously, watching her closely. They're all kind of watching her carefully to see what, what she's going to do next. It's going to be intriguing to see how how these new people who just got on the train, how they're going to react to the whole situation. You know, there's that idea of um, self-preservation. And not wanting to rock the boat. The next stop is Seventh Street Metro Center between Figueroa and Oak. Connect here Ooh. with the Metro Expo line and I just watched a man outside the their door. He he got his uh, walker stuck in the elevator. Oh, here he goes. That happened to me one time. I was trying to get on the uh, subway. I was getting on, and doors were closing. And uh, I think it caught my arm and it, my leg or something, and, and people, they pulled me through. Someone yanked open the doors, and someone pulled me through. I just love that kind of cooperation.
it's going to be intriguing to see how um, how these folks deal with our our little crazy friend walking up and down the aisles. I'm sure someone out here is recording it. Looks like uh, somewhere in the back of the subway there got a little, I don't know if you call it altercation or what, but uh, it's interesting, you know, interesting is the train is now stopped and I don't know if it's because of the uh, woman I don't know if it's because she was trouncing up and down the thing um, however this so the train is completely stopped and people are walking up to to the doors wondering how to get in I'm thinking someone oh here we go start to move start to move now here we go remind me of the uh, there's a movie called beside me I think it was made in Romania we played at the Kapow Galactic Film Festival and we played it there and it was about a train that stops because of some fire up ahead or something and so everyone is kind of forced to deal with each other and talk to one another and be involved in, you know, in the moment. I think I'm going to, I'll be back with more on this later. Hey, this is Annie. Thank you so much for that amazing theme song. I loved it. Um, please, please send more. Thank you. My uh, number here at the DMV is G193. Time is 2.03 p.m. I've been here since 1.29. It's interesting, the same woman who was here the first time I came in was here today woman who was here yesterday, she was here today, and uh, I said very little. 
she sent me upstairs, I had to fill out a, uh, on this computer, I had to fill out all this stuff, and the woman who was helping me out, this is what's miraculous, um, she, she goes, oh, your birth date is a day after mine, so her, she goes, my birth date is a day before yours, and she goes, today I helped out a guy whose birthday was a day before mine, so she, so she had a guy who she had helped out who had a birthday before hers, and then me, the day, birthday after. I thought, this is fantastic. How cool is that? And I did the, uh, the Bashar Cube lookup transformative shifting Bashar Cube, B-A-S-H-A-R. Look that up and follow the instructions on there. Test it out, see what happens. See if you um, get a bunch of interesting synchronicities. Because I know for sure when I, whenever I do it, stuff, all this kind of bureaucracy stuff reminds me so much of Brazil, the movie Brazil, check out the movie Brazil, we have a winner, a woman next to me just got up, um, I saw the movie The Trial last night, I also rewatched The Other Side of the Wind by Orson Welles, I rewatched that while I was scanning the, uh, these documents, all these official contracts and documents and whatnot for the Bloody Bobby deliverables. I got my scanner to work. Now so. All these little numbers, all these little special things. It'd be interesting to know what the average wait time is with this. You know, this is one of the things that I realized this is teaching me a very important lesson. That, you know, when you're comfortable with just being where you're where you're at when you're comfortable just being with yourself wherever you're at um, and you are under the the belief that all of this is happening through you and for you because of you then it makes stuff like this so much more bearable it makes it a much easier now serving B, zero, five, eight, at window number B, I love that. Zero, five, eight. Zero is another, uh, five is synchronicity. Eight to me is infinity. Zero is another infinity. And B to me is the numerical value of eight, which is infinity. That's pretty cool. So, anyway, more on this later. Here's your fun fact. Muhammad Ali's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is the only star which is not on the sidewalk. Rather, it is on the wall of the Kodak Theater to honor his request that he did not want to be walked on. Stay tuned to Inspirato Projecto for more fun facts.
We're close here. I've waited over uh, two and a half hours. Out there at uh, G192. Oh, hi. Great, how are you? Uh, I have to get the real ID. Uh, well, I have to renew the driver's license and get, uh, I guess, the real ID thing on there. Okay. Now serving S one two one at window number thirteen. You're welcome. I know, right? Who's that guy? <laughs> now serving A zero two zero window number twenty. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I had to renew it uh, yet. Now serving A zero two one at window number ninety. So how long have you worked for the DMV? Not long. What inspired you to get a job here? Are you a people person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, a lot of grumpiness at, at a place like this, right? No one likes to sit around for three hours, right? Yeah. 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 There's a wonderful lady I met upstairs whose birthday, she told me, is a day before mine. And she said earlier today she met a guy whose birthday was a day before, her, a day before hers. So I'm like, oh, yeah, look at this. I was meant to meet you today at this moment in time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Go over your application, make sure everything's correct. Sign and date section 9 and 10. Sign and date. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know what? If you ever like live music, I always carry these with me. There's a yacht rock band I'm in called Yachtly Crew. And we dress up, there it is, that's us on the back there. We sing all love songs from the 70s and 80s, like Michael McDonald, Christopher Cross, Billy Ocean. Oh, it's great. Such positive vibes at our shows. I love it. Oh yeah, well like um, New Year's Eve, we're playing at uh, out in Simi Valley at at, um, at the arena. Every month we got a residency at the Viper Room on uh, what is that Sunset Boulevard. We get hired for private parties all the time. We actually played on a yacht one time, which was really cool. That was like a dream come true. I thought, man, someday we gotta play on a yacht. And it all it just it all comes together. Mario Lopez came out to see one of our shows one time. And then they actually hired us to play the extra uh, holiday party. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my God, I grew up watching Saved by the Bell and now here I am in a band. Like, he entertained me growing up, now I'm entertaining him. It just blew my mind. Yeah, so a lot of it is word of mouth because, you know, people get to, tr go, you know, go down memory lane and have all those fine, fond memories of those days. What the heck is today? Huh? Oh, yeah, and people wear the captain's hats. I mean, they dress up just like us. They come up to the show. It's crazy. They're wearing their aviator glasses and everything. It's it's so fun. Is today, what's the, uh, is today the 19th? Is that what it is? Uh, I'm behind the keyboards. There's seven of us in there. It seems like a whole bunch of us. I always, I always keep forgetting... Uh, how many of us are in the band? It feels like there's like 40 of us in there. Are these the only two pages that I had to... It looks like it, right? Oh, yeah. Here, I'll give you, I'll give you a card, too, in case you like listening to live music. That's, we, we play all love songs. Pure positivity. We even started setting up a backdrop there so people can like take pictures in front of it and everything. Uh, so we're going to play at a place called The Arena in Simi Valley. And it's almost sold out already, which I can't believe. I mean, it's just like, it's so fun. We played up in Mammoth. We played in San Francisco. We played in Denver. I mean, it's like, I underestimated the power of love songs when I got in this band. But now it's like, oh, it's so fun. Uh, probably, I think a little, let's see, when do we start? January 2017. So, yeah, pretty, pretty new. But the momentum is picking up such, so quickly, so quickly. I don't think anybody anticipated it to pick up this quickly. And it's, because I think a lot of people who like Halloween specifically show up dressed up, you know, wearing the captain's hats and stuff. And we like to pretend like we're like the house band on a yacht, you know, like, and we, we have like fog machines and stuff and crazy lights and Huh. We played, we played at the, um, oh gosh, we played at the lobster, what is it called, Lobster Rock or something? Is that what it's called? Well, it's a lobster festival, but it's off like, like the beach, and then there's like the grass area. Oh, we played in Redondo Beach. Oh, so, there's one in Redondo Beach, but 
Oh God, I gotta look up. I'm gonna send those people an email. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, out by the beach and you've got the seagulls and everything. Oh my God, how cool. That'd be funny, my thumbprint shows up with a beard. That'd be hilarious. It's like, wait, what happened there? Gosh, you know what? That's a, it's an amazing question. I don't. That's I gotta talk to these guys about this to see if we can get some Valentine's Day show because it, it only makes sense. Oh, do we played a couple of weddings and uh, a guy proposed to his wife, uh, or, well, future wife, uh, on the on the uh, on the dance floor at one of our shows. It was so cool. It was like it was just perfect. It was perfect. We uh, like three or four days ago, we played in. Um, a guy who really likes our band, we, it was a surprise birthday. We played in his living room. I don't know how everybody kept it a secret. They kept it a secret. He comes in, he's like, what? And we're playing in it. He's like, you're in my living room. Oh my God, it was so crazy. It's such a blast. Do you like to play music? Oh yeah, I think that's important. Whistle while you work, kind of thing. Um, do you sing karaoke? I'm sure you sing karaoke once in a while, right? Yeah, once in a while. Yeah. When you got enough liquid courage, perhaps. Uh, what I love about karaoke is that you don't have to sing good. You don't have to sing, you know, it's just like, it's such a fun thing just to get up there and especially test out songs that maybe you're not used to doing, too. That's another fun thing. Tony's on the beer? Oh my god. Well, if you visit our website, send us an email with some of the ideas because our guys are always looking for different venues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tony's, and it's on the beach? God, that's good. That is good. I would love to play on the pier. interesting about that whole DMV ordeal is that uh, the gal that you heard me talking to at the end of that thing there it turns out her name is Crystal which is really is really intriguing because uh, as you know I've got the uh, amethyst that I was given by Crystal's art love that wonderful couple that makes the crystals and they um, you know they put the copper on there and everything um, just just so good at what they do so I you know I've got that crystal I, I have the uh, fool's gold crystal that they created for me Jenny my sister got me a I think it's called selenite selenite something like that so I've been I've been investigating these crystal properties more and more, and you know, kind of like looking at what what makes them um, what gives them the special qualities that that each one does, and how they 
how they amplify stuff. I've got that rainbow moonstone in my pocket right now, which amplifies the uh, synchronicities, of course, which only makes sense. I did have a shark cube on the way on the way to the DMV today, so that was really cool. <laughs> Things are pretty, pretty packed here on, on the subway. However, just as people come, people go. So before we know it, we'll have a seat. I've noticed that uh, on trains and buses, there's an, there's that um, there's a vibe, and maybe I'm just projecting. Probably am. there's that vibe of uh, I don't want to call it fear necessarily. It's more so an idea of anxiety and perhaps worry for the idea that maybe they won't get a seat. You know, maybe they won't get a seat on the on their uh, on the, the the bus or the train. So you'll find a lot of times there's pushing, shoving, perhaps uh, people trying to sneak in. You know, you might be sitting there for 40 minutes waiting for a bus and then someone shows up and then they try to sneak right in there even though there's like a line. And so those instances, you wonder, well, you know, as a gentleman, growing up as a gentleman, you want to let the ladies first, right? As they say, ladies first. And then, but who gets hired? Uh, I would say... You know, the wild card that trumps that, I would say, is older folks. So now if you got an older woman, that's probably the... Uh, well, obviously, if there's sort of a person in a wheelchair, they get the top... They're top, top of the pyramid. Then older women. Then probably women. And then... Uh, and then, you know, the youth comes last. The youth is last. Unless they're little kids. It all, it all depends. It all depends. You never know. How many of you guys take public transportation? Those of you who listen, how many of you take buses and trains places? I'm very curious to hear your stories. Please email me any audio you got. Field recordings. Any anything you know that you that you record out there in the world, interesting conversations you have with people, or uh, interesting conversations you have with people, or uh, music. You know, if you got like three or four minutes of music, feel free to send that to me. Send me, uh, you can send me poetry, you can send me um, the sounds of your cats eating. I've done that on a number of occasions. The sounds of your kids speaking gibberish. There are so many, so many options. So I like to... I will give credit to you. 
I will say, hey, this person sent this to me. And, you know, I'll put it up here. I'll make you a star, baby. I'll make you a star. Make you a star, baby. I make you an audio star. This this podcast is here for for the soundscapes. It's a imagine it like it's like a variety show of sorts. It's a variety show, a roving, a mobile variety show. An unexpected mobile variety show. And you too can be included in the in the madness. There's no telling what may happen at any time. You never know. You never really know. Okay, we're gonna get back to more of this later. We're gonna get back to more of this later. By the way, I have an upcoming um, episode which is just all centering on Jimi Hendrix. You know, stories about him. Um, Songs I'm playing on a ukulele. Trying to learn the simple, simple ones. Simple ones. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But that's that's going to be on its way. So if you like Jimi Hendrix, that is on its way. Here on Inspirato Projecto. So, uh, I'm going to be doing some dishes here. You're going to be with me while I do these dishes. My mom is coming into town. Uh, my sister Jenny, I believe, is picking her up shortly. And uh, she'll be here, I think, for eight or nine days. I would have loved it if I could have gotten her to, uh, if, if we would have had a Yachtly cruise show. That would have been... That would have been awesome. Uh, I think in a parallel universe, that is most likely happening. You know what's so crazy? I got home. I'm drinking out of my uh, special... I just perpetually drink out of this mug that my brother got me. Brother Josh got me. He got me this thermos, that metal thermos, and it's got a uh, the Owl Cave, the Owl Cave uh, insignia on it. And the the coffee that was the coffee that was inside was still warm from earlier today. So that was quite that was quite a Christmas miracle. That was quite a Christmas miracle. How do you all feel about Christmas? Uh, Or just holidays in general, but mostly Christmas, I'd say, because uh, we've been kind of... uh, There's this quote that I read about Jim Jim Carrey. Something about how crazy it is that we got this holiday where we go into debt showing people how much we love them. We got Black Friday. 
people fight each other over gifts. I like handmade gifts, if I get a gift at all. Actually, my big thing is I don't really, I don't, I'm not asking for, I don't ask for Christmas presents, I don't ask for birthday presents, and, uh, and yet, I still, people still give them to me. I think they know I'm pretty, pretty easy. Anything, um, weird, obscure, uh, just very strange. One sec, let me see what's going on. Uh, I just have too much stuff, you know? I got so much stuff that... Stuff that was given to me for other Christmas and or birthday presents that I still have yet to make good use out of. I think what I need to do is to I, I become pretty uh, you know uh, aware of emails Twitter messages Facebook messages things of that nature and that stuff takes up a lot more time than one would imagine. Time flies, and you're like, holy moly. I just spent hours doing this, and that is hours that could have been spent creating something. I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty. There's so many ideas out there that just I've written down that want my attention. And uh, rather than me complaining it to you, complaining about it to you, I think what this is is, actually I think it's good that I'm saying this out loud because I'm being accountable to my future self, being accountable to my present self, and I'm being accountable to all of you who are listening, who can remind me, hey, Kurt, stand, you know, stand schedule, stand schedule. I, did, I just was able to get my printer up and rocking and rolling with this, uh, or the scanner at least, with this this uh, laptop. That I, and uh, so I started scanning the Bloody Bobby documents. I think I was telling you guys this earlier. All the contracts, the documents, uh, the release forms, all that razzmatazz. And so I'm going through them one by one making sure I get them all, and, uh, you know, the goal would be to get this thing done before the end of the year. I was looking at these things, 2013, October 2013 is when we started Bloody Bobby, got finished editing, I think, what was it? We screened it at the 2016 Kapow. We screen it again at the 2018 Kapow. Uh, so, 
it's being put together. And I was watching Other Side of the Wind, the uh, Orson Welles movie, which I suggest you take a look at. If you appreciate filmmaking, if you appreciate Orson Welles, if you appreciate experimental filmmaking, uh, take a look at that. This is what Sergio Pinheiro told me. I will not forget this, and this is the advice that I give to everyone. Watch Other Side of the Wind, then watch the documentary, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. I think that's the name of it. And then watch Other Side of the Wind again. Because They'll Love Me When I'm Dead is a, a documentary about Orson Welles putting that movie together. So once you see that documentary and you see what was going on behind the scenes, what his mindset was like, all the pratfalls they went into, you know, trying to trying to fund it, um, finding locations. And you know what's so cool is, you know, just like with David Lynch, he loves the happy accidents. Um, that's something that Orson Welles loves too. He calls them, what do they call? He doesn't call them happy accidents. He calls them accident accidental discoveries or something I forgot how he forgot how he puts it but you know what's what's beautiful about that is that it, it enables you to challenge the ego mind you know the ego mind a lot of times that's what keeps us from creating in the first place because we're like, we're thinking oh my god it's got to be perfect it's got to be awesome and you know I want to make sure it's all exactly you know the way I envision it And then what happens is throughout time, as, as that project is created, if unexpected things come up, that's where you can get a lot of grumpy directors. You get a grumpy, you know, because it's not going the way that they envisioned. And it turns into something that's being forced. And that can have a big stress, put a big stress on a lot of stuff. Whereas if you embrace right from the beginning... You know, uh, we're going to, we're going to, whatever evolves, we're going to incorporate that into what we got going on and we're just going to go with it. Then what you've done is you've broken the spell. You've taken the power out of the hands of the ego. You've surrendered it to the power of the higher mind, which is sitting up there up on the mountain watching the whole thing. It knows, it knows the great path for you. It knows where the pratfalls are. Sometimes it gives you a pratfall. Because through that pratfall, another cool kick-ass thing is evolving. Bam! Didn't expect that. Knock your, knock your head on a tree and an apple falls out and you suddenly realize, oh, gravity. There you go. Gravity. So... It's, it's a really healthy mindset for, I would say, for creators. It's fun to embrace. It's, this is stuff that we had to do with Bloody Bobby and, and Black Pumpkin. The location was, you know, not ideal. You know, whatever the thing was, maybe the location wasn't what you expected it to be. So then you just had to do what you could with it. You had to alter it the best you could for it to 
you know, for it to work out. There was a time in Black Pumpkin where there was a there was a girl who could not show up that day for a uh, for a scene, and they had to come up. We, you know, Ryan goes here, help me write this quick thing. We got to write this thing. Um. Because one of the actresses is just not, we just learned she cannot show up. And so then what we what happened was another actress who was going to be just a bit part, basically, uh, her part got expanded. And so now she's going to be one of the leads in the next movie that we're working on. So... You, you just you just never know. So we had to re- rewrite the scene, and then it made sense. And uh, it's so fun. It's so fun. So it, you know that that stuff is always going to arrive. So if we know that that stuff is always going to arrive, it's it's you know it's in everybody's interest to kind of just go. All right, you know what? This is this is going to happen. This thing's going to happen. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. So I was watching that because I know that he was working night and day on editing that, Orson Welles. He's working night and day on working on uh, editing Other Side of the Wind. And so I wanted to watch that while I was putting the, the documents together because I'm like, look, I know I've been, you know, there have been stretches of time where... I could have been figuring out how to get this scanner working. It took me a while. It took me about, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh, me, poor me. It just took a little bit of time for me to figure out how the heck to get this going. The wire that I plugged in, it wasn't connecting. And then I knew it, it was wireless. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we make it wireless? How do we do that? And then it took me a while to try to figure out which folder it was saving to and how to actually save it and all that razzmatazz. So... Needless to say, once I started getting into it, it's just like it's anything. It's anything all the time. We hear, you know, Andy Kaufman. One of his one of his uh, phrases that he he uh, that he did in one of his bits: "Whatever is unknown is magnified." That that's 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 in both directions. A lot of times we tend to err on the side of. You know, oh, it's unknown, and chances are things are going to go bad. Oh, it's unknown, I don't know what's going to happen, chances are things are going to be terrible. And it's, it's, I, I, I don't know why that kind of thing has permeated into the culture in such a major way. Even kids, when I would substitute teach, there was that cynicism in there. Yeah, well, what are the chances of that? I don't care about the chances. <laughs> you're, you're carving your destiny here, kid. You know, you're, it's, it's, you know, what feels better to you? What feels better? Thinking of it not working out well and your disappointment in it not working out well? Or, or, or the, the idea that it could work out well and, and you'll feel really happy about it. A lot of times, you know, there's that phrase where you, you, we've heard a lot where it's like, well, I hope for the best, but I prepare for the worst. Okay, so I basically just expect it to be crap, and then, and then if it's because a lot of times, uh, 
when I'm in the presence of mindsets like that, when something goes good, completely unexpected, they and, and it's good, and they expected it to be crap. Like, for instance, if they expected to not find a parking spot at, at out in front of the place that they were going, for if they expected to not find a parking spot, but then all of a sudden there's a parking spot right out there, they rarely acknowledge the fact that, oh, wow, this is so kick-ass, look how cool this is. There's usually a, oh, cool. You know, like there's not much kudos given to that. Against all odds, or at least the odds that they had in their brains, there's that parking space. I love the phrase in Star Wars where he goes, where he's flying, he's going to go through that asteroid field, and C-3PO is ready to tell him, well, the odds of us making it out alive are, you know, basically saying all the odds are against us. And then Han Solo looks at him, he goes, never tell me the odds. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm too busy in the middle of... I'm too busy in the middle of pulling off this magic trick. I'm too busy in... I'm too busy actually making it work to stop and consider how it's not going to work. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I'm already levitating the elephant, and you're telling me that the odds of levitating an elephant are, you know... Against me, against against my favor. There's a fun, um, there's a fun store, uh, the fun, it's a fun song that my buddy Lawrence August and I created called "It's Happening," and it's like, yeah, what would it One of the phrases was, uh, "Might seem improbable." It's not. It's possible because it's happening. Might seem improbable. It's not. It's possible because it's happening. Yeah. It's like uh, someone who's in the middle of telling you that that, that thing's not going to work and they're already doing it. And I understand. I understand. It's coming from a place of protecting oneself. Um, if something doesn't go the way you plan. Now, hearkening back to the beginning of this, with Horson Wells and David Lynch, the happy accidents, if we are to embrace the happy accidents, then none of that is an issue then. None of that's an issue. Well, you know, you know, I really wanted all this stuff to happen, you know, and... And, and and it didn't plan. It didn't go out exactly how I wanted. Well, what aspects of it did work? Let's let's examine those. What what aspects of those worked? And now let's look at all the other extra cool stuff that appeared as a substitute to that. What kind of awesome people did you meet through the experience? What, uh, what kind of awesome feelings did you and or everybody else have? Um, what kind of joy and excitement was raised? Because that's the ultimate... That's the ultimate importance right there. I'm sure... Uh, there are weddings that don't go exactly as people expect. And yet what supplemented 
in place of what their expect expectations were. Well, other cool stuff. So let's apply this today, for instance, with the DMV. I was there. Would I have loved to have gotten out of there in a half an hour? Of course. Less? Yes. Uh, by the time I got to that girl, Crystal, see, so two magic moments. Okay, so I'm uh, probably more than one, once I start really thinking about it. On the subway, I did the Bashar Cube, tr transformative shifting cube, synchronicity. I held in my hand the, the rainbow moonstone, which is for synchronicity. I had my amethyst, still do, around my neck, which amplifies your intentions. So how cool and powerful is that? So the idea was, okay, the synchronicities, all this stuff. Plus, I got a chance to talk to Ryan. And you know what was so funny when I was talking to Ryan? Ryan is the writer and director of Black Pumpkin. He wrote Bloody Bobby, too. Um, and he's writing the new upcoming movie. While I was talking to him on the phone there, uh, you know, because they call numbers there at the DMV. Um, the numbers went by fast. They went by fast. And I noticed as soon as I hung up with them, bam, it went slow. So it kind of shows you what time flies when you're having fun. Shows me anyway. Uh, so I got to have a good conversation with Ryan. Uh, the lady that I, the first lady I talked to upstairs, that was when I learned that she, her birthday was the day before mine. And then earlier that day, she met a guy whose birthday was the day before hers. Then, after that long wait, who do I get to talk to but a nice lady named Crystal. Crystal, what a wonderful exclamation point to the end of that journey. Look how cool is that? Here I was messing with crystals. There's a crystal. Purely, purely magical. Purely magical. Okay. Um, that's all for now. I plan on uh, interviewing my mom about stuff while she's here. It'll be inescapable. Take care. And may you embrace all of the happy accidents and unexpected, joyful surprises that come your way. Take care.